In our final Mock Draft Monday here on Lockdown Broncos, what direction did the Broncos go? You get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Broncos country? It is draft week all across the National Football League. The Locked On Podcast Network here, Locked On Broncos. We're super excited about everything. We're going to drop a final Mock Draft Monday here today. Thank you so much for tuning in, making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day, we appreciate you so much. Shout out to all the everyday listeners who listen on the favorite audio podcasting platform. Or if you watch every single day, we appreciate you so much. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke. Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, Psy expert, predominantlyorange.com. Sarah, it is here. I see you're rocking the Broncos draft hat here. Once again, draft week is upon us. And while the Broncos don't have a first round or second round pick, they have two picks sitting in a premier position in round number three. We expect they could stay pat at that. Maybe they could move up. But with that said, it is Monday. So you know what that means? It's our final Mock Draft Monday installment, and this week, you were the one in control. You ran the simulator, and you didn't make any picks. The simulator made every selection for the Broncos. I'm excited to break this down with you on Broncos Country and to hear what they think about this, how we would feel about it if this was the haul this week for George Payton and Sean Payton. I'm excited too, Cody. I really am. It feels like this simulator maybe uh maybe catching a little bit of the, you know, like a like a personalized algorithm of sorts here because it started off by with an Iowa Hawkeye. And, and just for full transparency here, I'm using the NFL mock draft database mock draft simulator. So again, we've said this before. You could use you know, five different simulators and get five wildly different mock drafts and things like that. I'm using this one. Feels like it has a pretty, you know, good big board and things like that and changing and shuffling all the time, kind of aggregating content from other NFL draft experts out there to be able to determine a big board. So here's the picks. It started off, like I said, with an Iowa Hawkeye. Remember, Cody, we previously started one or, or had a Sam Laporta, the tight end at the top of one of our mock draft simulations. This one has Riley Moss, the defensive back out of Iowa, as the top pick, followed by Ohio State edge Zach Harrison. So that would be, in this mock draft scenario, a little bit surprising, quite frankly. Two defensive players to open things up. But I'm not mad about it, right? I'm not mad about it. And it followed up with Andre Carter, the edge out of Army, which is a pick that I absolutely love. We'll talk more about that followed by Ryan Hayes, the offensive tackle out of Michigan. And then the final pick was Cameron Young, the defensive lineman out of Mississippi State. So again, Riley Moss, defensive back out of Iowa, pick 67, followed by Zach Harrison, edge out of Ohio State, pick number 68. Pick 108 was Andre Carter, the edge out of Army. Pick 139, Ryan Hayes, an offensive tackle, offensive lineman out of Michigan. And then pick number 195, Cameron Young, the defensive lineman from Mississippi State. This is a very, very heavy defensive draft. Four out of the five picks, Cody, on the defensive side of the ball. Let's get your initial reaction, initial take to this. What would you do if this was the, what would you say if this was the Broncos' official and, and definite draft class? 
Yeah, I definitely I think some surprises, as you mentioned, you know, four defensive picks out of the five picks that you have in totality. But I'd say what was probably a little bit more surprising to me was back to back edge rushers. Right. And obviously Harrison out of Ohio State. You know, we're going to talk about him a little bit more in depth. But, I, you know, I think that two edge rushers, considering where the room is at right now, a little surprising to me. But when I think about, OK, this is a brand new coaching staff coming in. They aren't going to hold any favoritism toward last year. You know, we talked about it as one. Our state of the Broncos edge rusher outlook is this is a big year for Nick Benito. You're expecting him to take the next step this upcoming season. We expect Randy Gregory, Baron Browning to start at edge rusher for Denver. Behind them, you have Jonathan Cooper, who is very, very capable and could start if you absolutely wanted him to. Then you have Aaron Patrick. You have, you know, uh, Jacob Martin. So to me, adding two guys to this room doesn't necessarily make sense from a draft standpoint. I could see them maybe drafting a guy and then adding an undrafted rookie free agent edge rusher to the room at some point, but a little surprising there. Overall, I do like the quality of players that Denver got in this mock draft specifically, but I want to ask you, I want to flip the script, right? You're making these picks, but what stood out and what surprised you the most about these choices that the simulator made for the Denver Broncos? Is it a good haul overall? Well, very surprising results, honestly. And like I've said before, and it, it's worth repeating because I know everybody out there is going to be utilizing the mock draft simulators this week. And you're going to see a lot of different things like this if you just set it on auto draft. Why? Because these simulators don't necessarily they, they take into account team needs, but it doesn't necessarily take into account tendencies. It doesn't necessarily take into account the latest rumors of directions in which the team could go. And we kind of talked about it last week, Cody, where we feel like the Broncos may be leaning into that offensive weapon with one of their top two picks, maybe a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end. This mock draft goes heavy on the defensive side because it's not taking into account the players that you just mentioned. And so I, I, I'm frankly surprised by these results as well. But let's talk about the actual picks themselves because Riley Moss leading this draft class would be, I mean, after I don't know how many mock draft scenarios have we seen where he goes in the fourth round or later. Mm. You mentioned this in a previous episode that we talked about as well, and it's something that I think it is important to note. These simulators have guys going at these different ranges that's going to make it seem on draft night like, oh my gosh, the Broncos took this guy. He's been going in the fourth or fifth round of every simulation that I've done. I've been able to get him, you know, with those picks. Why are they taking him here at number 67 overall? Well, teams really don't have these guys graded or ranked the same at all as these simulators. Unfortunately for us to be able to have like these educated guesses going in, the NFL draft is such a crapshoot. You never know where these guys are going to be ranked. Having seen every game of Riley Moss's college career, though, Cody, I would be a little surprised if the Broncos had him graded this highly. I, I would say maybe you could probably still trade down and get him despite a strong combine, despite his positional versatility. I think he can play outside corner or inside the nickel at the next level. Some people have profiled him as a safety, but I think a lot of that is due to the fact that, Cody, you just don't see very many white cornerbacks in the NFL these no. days. That's just the real <laughs> Jason Seahorn is one of the last guys that I can even think of. So Riley Moss is, is a unique character at the position. He's certainly an interesting athlete, very aggressive. I think he would be an asset to this Denver defense, though, whether you're talking about depth at outside corner, depth in the nickel, uh, special teams. I think he can do a lot of those things. Great ball skills. Somebody who's going to attack, and he's very competitive as well. I, I like his makeup, and I like his fit with the Broncos, but at pick 67, 
I don't know. That might be a little rich, even for my Iowa Hawkeyes blood. Broncos country, we are eager for your thoughts. What do you think of the mock draft simulator results that were warranted to us? What is your breakdown of these picks here overall? We're going to dive a little bit deeper into this mock draft here on the final mock draft Monday here. Locked on Broncos. The NFL draft is this week. We'll have you covered every step of the way leading up to it. You know, aside from that, what were some of the value picks in this mock draft? You're going to get that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and we're always changing. Life throws us different curveballs at any unexpected moment, and it's okay to not have all the answers at first. BetterHelp it helps you connect the dots. They connect with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are at. I've utilized BetterHelp in the past, and it's been very beneficial to me working with my therapist on ways to deal with stress management. Work-life balance, these are things that I've worked on that BetterHelp has helped me with overall. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash on. We want to know what is the value in this final mock draft Monday mock draft simulation for the Denver Broncos. Did they did they get any good value in this mock draft at all? You let us know down in the comments what you think of these picks. Again, Riley Moss, Zach Harrison, Andre Carter being the top three picks here, followed by Ryan Hayes and Cameron Young with those final two picks uh, in the rounds five and six projections there. Cody, I think we got to start by talking about the value of these edge players, because let's just think about this scenario as a realistic one for a second here. If the Broncos are going to take back-to-back edge players in this draft, Zach Harrison at pick 68 and Andre Carter at pick 108, you kind of feel like that may be a, hey, we're just taking the best guy on our board type of situation. That's the kind of value I think it presents. What do you say? Do you do you like the value of those two picks regardless of the position for those two guys. I think that's the that's the main thing we look at here. Harrison, a lot of projections over the last year or so had him going in the first round. I know Andre Carter as well been talked about as a potential first round pick at times. So where's the value here? Even if these guys don't end up, you know, even if the Broncos don't end up going to edge guys, it looks like they're getting pretty decent value with those two picks for sure. I'm not opposed to them taking best player available, right? I think there is this, Common misconception about the NFL draft that most teams operate with, okay, we're going to draft by need. That's how you, I think, find yourself getting desperate at times, right? Like if I was a general manager and I needed a really good cornerback, I might reach, right? I might reach in certain situations. Now, if I don't have a first or second round pick, I might become desperate on draft night. I may be looking to offset a player just to acquire capital, maybe to get the best guy possible. But I, I think for George Payton, I think for Sean Payton, I wouldn't be surprised if they go best player available approach here with this situation. And and look, I think it needs to be reiterated here. These guys are coming outside of George Payton. John Payton and his coaching staff are coming in. They're the ones who are going to be working with the players every single day. They know what they're looking for. They know what they want in terms of players and the maybe the makeup inside those position rooms specifically. They want to know if these guys are going to buy in, right? Because anytime you bring in a new coaching staff, you're going to have 
you know, rule changes. You're going to have different standards. Things may be a little stricter. We, we don't know what it's going to be like. We don't know what those conversations have been like since Sean Payton has met with the team. But I do think that this is a new coaching staff that has no ties, no commitment to anybody from last year's roster and which Sean Payton has said, looking at last year's tape, it was hard to watch. So there's going to be a lot of guys with a lot to prove. And unfortunately, you know, you look at the edge rusher room, Aaron Patrick coming off of an ACL injury. We know he could be a key special teams player, but can Sean Payton and his coaching staff, can they wait for him to come along? That's a question there. Nick Benito. I mean, obviously they, they brought in somebody who has familiarity with him on the coaching staff, but there's really no allegiance from Sean Payton to say, Hey, you know what? Like we're going to keep rolling with Nick and we're going to see if he can take the next step. I hope that they do. But if they were to go out and get two edge rushers, sir, to me, it maybe signifies that they don't have a lot of trust in Benito to get there, which to me, I think would be concerning. Right. And I think that the other interesting aspect of these picks is really getting deep into who these guys are, right? Of course, we see the edge position label given to these guys. And of course, that can mean a number of different things nowadays. It could mean a 3-4 rusher. It could mean a 4-3 defensive end type. You kind of wonder, looking at these guys, Andre Carter, just just. Physically speaking here for a second, okay? Andre Carter, six foot six and a half, 256 pounds. So he's a he's a, a longer guy. He, he's kind it. of a more, I don't want to say lanky at 256 pounds, but he he's certainly a a you know big long guy with almost 34 inch arms. So he's more of what I would consider to be that true three, four edge type of guy. Whereas then you look at Zach Harrison. A similar physical profile, but but different enough to make this potential case here. Six foot five and a half, 274 pounds, 36 and a quarter inch arms, Cody. That is absolutely ridiculous. But at that height and weight, at six five and a half, 274, is he a potential candidate to maybe play a defensive end role? I know we've talked about maybe the Broncos need a starting D end uh, on the opposite side of Zach Allen. Could a guy like Harrison come in and play defensive end with Carter maybe being that edge guy that a lot of draft fans have been wanting, a lot of Broncos fans have been wanting in this draft. I think there's maybe some flexibility there rather than just saying, well, these guys are both, um, they're both going to come screaming off the edge. I think there's maybe a possibility here that you could get them on the field with guys like Benito, Browning, etc. I kind of like that because you replace, you know, Draymond Jones, a former Ohio State guy with another Ohio State guy at defensive end. To me, I think that would maybe give me a little bit of not necessarily like excitement, but I think that there's some potential there, right? If you do like if Harrison were to play defensive end opposite of Zach Allen, I think that's a good thing, right? And it's not an indictment on Matt Henningsen. It's not an indictment on Inyoma Uwazurike in any way, shape, or form. It's not saying, okay, those guys aren't good enough, but it's just like we don't know what we have with those guys yet. And, and look, I think the same thing could be said for Harrison. We don't know what we have, but you look at a guy who's got the size and the physicality that he does. That is something I think that would benefit the team. And you maybe can have flexibility there because you could put him at edge rusher in situations, pass rush situations, if you wanted to maybe put another guy defensive end. You can get creative with these guys from a personnel standpoint. I do like that. Let's go to the final pick of the draft. Let's go to Cameron Young, defensive lineman out of Mississippi State. I mean, Sarah, I feel like this would be an, a pretty solid pickup for Denver considering where the interior defensive line depth is right now. Look, you got DJ Jones, dealt with some injuries last year, played through it, missed only a couple of games, which is a good sign. He didn't miss a ton of games. He played through a lot of his injuries. You have Mike Purcell on the final year of his deal in Denver. To be honest with you, I think this is a necessary move considering that, hey, you got those two guys. 
But that room's going to look entirely different probably next year uh, for the Broncos. Right, and it gives you some nice depth. Again, you have Matt Henningsen and Yomo Uazurike from last year's draft class. I think definitely you have just a best player available type of situation here. Actually, when I looked up these players, Cody, on Lance Zierlein of NFL.com, he grades these guys on a scale from one to one to 10, basically. And this guy had the highest grade of any pick the Broncos made outside of Riley Moss. So yeah, very, very (laughs) interesting there. I I found that to be kind of like a, wow, that's, that's pretty surprising considering it seems like the perception on Zach Harrison is really great. And Andre Carter, it seems like the perception has been really great, but those guys, Harrison got a 5.97 from zero line. Uh, Andre Carter got a 6.0. And then this guy, Cameron Young, he got a 6.2. So I guess if you're talking about value, if you're talking about value picks in this mock draft, this guy might be the best. The worst might be your your other two guys from the Big Ten, Riley Moss, and this offensive tackle out of Michigan, Cody. Uh, his name is Ryan Hayes. He has under 33-inch arms. So there's a lot of concern about whether, okay, he was the two-year starter at tackle for Michigan. Can he even play tackle at the NFL level due to needing that really that functional length that guys have to have the threshold being around 33 inch arm length at a bare minimum. So you kind of look at that and you kind of see, I don't know, is he, is he a guard? What is he? So maybe those guys not presenting the best value, but I think Cameron young here, maybe in round six, bringing up the rear there, he might be the best value of this whole mock draft scenario. Well, Broncos country, make sure you share your thoughts down below. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening in a favorite audio podcasting platform, you can always tweet us on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL at Sarah Bettinger at Lockdown Broncos. Which picks from this mock draft Monday would bring the best value to the Broncos this upcoming season and beyond. But it is draft week, Broncos country, and we're going to dive deeper into what are our hopes for the Broncos this week as they enter the NFL draft. You'll get that on today's episode of the show. Real quick, let me tell you about the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast hosted by the Draft Dudes. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino bring you through everything from salary cap management, building a roster through free agency, scouting players, and identifying who you could build a franchise with in the NFL Draft. They have you covered every single day, every step of the way, leading up to the NFL Draft, beyond it, and more at the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes. You can get on your favorite audio podcasting platform, so you can watch every day. On YouTube, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. NFL Draft Week is here. Broncos country's excited. I think there's a sense of nervousness in the air as well, considering Denver doesn't have a first or a second round pick. Could Denver maybe make a trade in round one? Could they trade one of their key players? Everything is on the table right now for the Denver Broncos. And speaking of everything being on the table, just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Your support means the world to Sarah and myself. And if you haven't listened to every show every single day, make yourself an everyday listener. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we have a brand new podcast available for you in audio format on your favorite audio podcasting platforms. If you like to watch on your smartphone, your smart TV, or your computer, and you want to get access to the episodes a little bit early, the videos for the week's podcast air on YouTube Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. You can get all that action here, Lockdown Broncos. Thank you for making us a part of your day every single day, Sarah. With that said, my friend, the NFL draft is here, and I I think we're very excited just because we love football, right? 
And we're also a little anxious because, you know, we cover the Denver Broncos and we've heard from George Payton. We've heard from Sean Payton in the pre-draft presser leading up to everything. And, you know, you know, we get some answers here and there, but it's like, okay, do we read too much into what George Payton said, what Sean Payton said, or is it all just smoke and mirror season because other teams are watching and paying attention to pre-draft pressers as well. A lot to throw out there, but let's talk about our hopes personally for this week in Broncos country. Make sure you drop your hopes down below in the comment section as well. What do you hope the Broncos do this week? I'm going to ask you. When it comes to the NFL draft this week, what are your biggest hopes for the Broncos as it pertains to, you know, these five picks that they have in the 2023 NFL draft? I really want to see the team continue to get better on offense. I, I mean, they've been so bad offensively in the last six, seven years that it's, it's just been tough to watch. And so I don't know that you can necessarily go into a season really saying to yourself, hey, you know, we feel good about the guys we got. Even though you upgraded the offensive line, even though you added a couple pieces, you know, Samaj P. Ryan, Chris Manhurts, Marquez Callaway, you did add a couple of pieces there. But I just I would I would hate to see this team remain status quo uh for a unit that has been so bad, Cody. So I would love to see them add, you know, skill guys. I would love to see running back, tight end, wide receiver. Would love to see that. But the, the greedy part of me is like, well, but I also want a, uh, you know, a potential left tackle for the future. And I also want to see them potentially get some good versatile defensive backs and things like that. You know, it's just so you'd love to have more picks. But at the same time, I kind of I wouldn't hate seeing them get aggressive to move up for somebody if they feel like Man, this guy can really upgrade, especially on the offensive side of the ball. This guy could really upgrade that offense in the future and really make he could be not necessarily the missing piece because is anybody in this draft going to be the missing piece? But maybe somebody who can, you know, help you close out games, maybe somebody who can help you make that one big play to keep your offense going, keep it moving on third down, whatever the case may be. I'm definitely not opposed to, to any of these, you know, if you want to trade up, trade back, whatever the Broncos decide to do, even trading players, Cody, my, I feel very open-minded going into this, whatever the Broncos need or want to do to, to not stay status quo, especially offensively, I'm down for in this draft. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if they do make some moves here. I think the biggest thing that I hope for for Denver is if they stay put without a first and second round pick, if they keep their third round pick 67-68, those players, in my opinion, Sarah, they have to be players that can contribute immediately here this year or can contribute next year. Like you have a strong conviction internally if you're George Payton, Sean Payton, saying these are the guys that are going to help us not only just this year, but they're going to help us going forward, which is hard to say, right? Because it's round three. I, we always get so caught up in like, okay, round one guys that are going to be, you know, these impact players. How many times have we seen around the NFL with various teams? You know, you go with a high round one pick and that. That guy never pans out, never contributes, never has an impact. But you have a fifth-round guy that you drafted that is making a bigger impact, right? It's not necessarily about where they go, right? Where they go creates more hype. It creates more expectation of that player. But there are so many good players who get taken in round three, round four. Heck, even undrafted guys that end up having a bigger impact than some first-rounders. And I just think that it's very hard. And look, you have a good position, 67, 68. If you can get two back-to-back really good picks, if Denver comes out and their first two picks are strong and we know it's going to make the team better, Sarah, I'm happy about that, right? Because I think the other picks that you can make on the back end, I think they're, they're depth there. I don't necessarily think you're going to find, uh, you know, super, super strong quality players that are going to play right away, especially considering where Denver's at from positional depth at a lot of their, you know, positions that we've talked about in our state of the Broncos outlook. So for me, do that. Now, 
expect the unexpected. I think that's one thing that we've said every single year we've been doing this podcast, especially on draft night, is expect the unexpected. I mean, heck, let's throw something out there as well. We've even heard from the San Francisco 49ers. They're taking calls about Trey Lance. Like that was a little bit unexpected considering how much draft capital they gave up to move up to number three to take him. And all of a sudden Brock Purdy's now their guy for the future and that they may offset Trey Lance. Like that was unexpected, right? So the NFL draft contains so many moments like this, not just for the Broncos, but for other NFL teams. To me, it's the most exciting time of the year aside from free agency, because then it really sets the table. The draft is here. Then you have players reporting for team activities. You have mini camp, and then it becomes mandatory mini camp in June. And then, bam, you know what? A month off, training camp football is here. We are one step closer to Broncos football being back, Sarah. And I can tell you this, I'm stoked about it. I am too, Cody. I absolutely love it. And I think one of the most exciting parts about this draft for the Broncos is the fact that I don't know that there's any real non-negotiables, right? Is, is it non-negotiable even to, to take a center? A lot of people want to take a center. I, I think, I don't know if the Broncos are really in that realm. Like we've talked about before, you got Cushenberry, you got the new guy coming in, uh, Kyle Fuller, you got Luke Wattenberg. So I'm not saying that Oh, the Broncos are so set at center, but I'm saying it's not a non-negotiable going into this draft. And I don't think really anything is. Yeah, wait, kicker. Hey, throw a kicker into the mix, right? I mean, we haven't talked. We haven't given Brandon McManus the opportunity to be put on blast on the podcast in a while. There's some good kickers in this draft. I think there there is a chance. Hey, again, it helps put points on the board, doesn't it? And Brandon McManus, we've talked about, he has struggled a bit the last couple of years. So if it helps put points on the board, Cody... I am all for it. There's no non-negotiables in this draft, which makes it very, very exciting for me. Even as we talk about taking two edge players, you know me, I've talked about, I'm not even a huge fan of taking edge in this draft, but you, you, you double up at a position like that. Then all of a sudden I start to think, hmm, you know, that's kind of interesting actually to have that kind of talent at a overloaded at a position. It kind of makes you just wonder strengthening a strength. That That's a possibility. That's an option. There's no non-negotiables in this draft for me, and I think for many others in Broncos country, which gives that intrigue and excitement. Uh, it takes it to a new level. Double up three or four times. I ain't telling no lies. I just run it up. There we go, my friend. Outside of that, <laughs> Broncos country, we are super excited for the draft here this week. We'll have you covered every step of the way with all the buildup. We'll have a reaction as well once the Broncos make some picks. We'll hear from some of the prospects. We'll react. You'll get that this week. You'll get that next week on Lockdown Broncos. Make sure you're an everyday listener because we have you covered Monday through Friday in audio version. We have you in video format Sunday through Thursday. You can catch all the action here on YouTube. You can catch it on your favorite audio podcasting platform. So subscribe so you never miss out on an episode as soon as it is made available. With that said, Broncos country, tomorrow's episode of the show, we conclude and we kind of get a little bit deeper into our state of the Broncos outlook. We take a look at offensive tackle for the Broncos and maybe where they're at leading up to the NFL draft. We'll see.